I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. You can act like a man. What's the matter with you? Is this how you turn down a Hollywood Pinocchio that uh, cries like a woman? <laughs> what can I do? What can I do? Hello, and welcome to Art Thou Try, the podcast series where we talk out of our behinds about the many ways we can navigate this ghetto we call adulthood. My name is Shelton. In today's episode, we'll be talking to the penis-carrying members of society. Ah, shit. I'm no longer allowed to say that. Pardon me. I'm talking to anybody who identifies as a man. But before we jump into it, here's a disclaimer statement for y'all. This is a Hunting Eagle Group Media Podcast. Know this, the content you hear on this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It has been prepared without taking into consideration your personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended as legal, financial or investment advice and should not be construed or relied on as such before making any commitment of a legal or financial nature. You should seek advice from a qualified and registered legal practitioner or financial or investment advisor. And the very first audio to to this podcast is from one of my favorite movies or series of all time, The Godfather. Martina comes to Dawn, to the Dawn and says, I don't know what to do. The Dawn slaps the living lights out of him and says, you're going to act like a man. And often at times, this is the advice that we get in today's world. And because of the availability of information and so many podcasts, think pieces and like, you don't necessarily know how exactly to, to act. And as a man, you don't... You, you wouldn't know, you know, if you're acting in the best way that you can or society is trying to turn you into whatever they will. You get to a point where you don't know whether you should be patient or you should be furious, you know, to show emotion or not to show emotion. Because whichever way you look at it, if you show your emotions, the world's still going to laugh at you. If you don't, the world's still going to laugh at you. So essentially, the world doesn't doesn't really cater to us, right? Um, I grew up in different parts of Zimbabwe, and one of my favorite parts was, one of my favorite periods of the year was when we used to go Kunorima, you know, when we used to go farming in the rural areas. We would go there and there would be these cattle that have never been on the on the cuts or on the plows, right? And Oliver Mutukudzi, the late great, put it in a song and he said, Right, so it's like that very first time that you put a kettle on a on a plow, 
you're, you're bound to get injured. And as a man, you should be willing to go to greater lengths to make things tend to your favor. The world, as we know it, is a beast. And as such, you should wield it to your will. The problem for me is many of us, myself included, we try to be good sometimes when we don't have to be good. And one of my favorite quotes from Machiavelli, it says, any man who tries to be good all the time is bound to come to ruin amongst the great number who are not good. You've got to be a man before you can be a gentleman. That is the title of today's podcast. You've got to be a man before you can be a gentleman. Theodore Roosevelt said that over sentimentality, over softness, in fact, washiness and mushiness are the great dangers of this age and of these people. Unless we keep the barbarian virtues, gaining the civilized ones will be of little avail. I think that quote relates to us in today's world where we're told to be soft, where we're told, you know, you're not really supposed to do any hard work. Everything is supposed to be given to you on a silver platter. And it's, it's even worse for, for, for the younger generation, for, for the young man. I feel old when I say that, but yeah. You know, sometimes when, when young men begin their journey into manhood, they started on the gentlemanly side of things. They dress in stylish classic attire, don a fedora and focus really hard on manners and etiquette. They hope that by doing so, others will recognize them as grown men, good men. Yet oftentimes others cringe and chuckle at these would-be gents instead, and they become the fodder for my lady memes on the internet. Why, why do these well-meaning but helpless guys elicit this reaction? The best answer to that that I've found so far comes from who else but the Duke himself. In one of my favorite John Wayne movies, Mark Lintock, <clears throat> he drops this incredible line. He says, you've got to be a man first before you can be a gentleman. You've got to be a man first before you can be a gentleman. Gentlemanliness presupposes manliness. It is a softening, a harnessing of the core characteristics of masculinity. You're talking about strength, courage, mastery, honor, and the like. A gentleman, as scholar Harvey Mansfield put it, is a manly man with polish. The respect given a gentleman is therefore premised on constraints. 
a gentleman has the ability, the power, the cleverness, the confidence, and even the desire to ride roughshod over your interests to muscle you aside and to manipulate you. But he has instead voluntarily chosen to restrain himself to follow a more moral course. He is a cold spring and his self-control showcases one of the timeless markers of manhood, will. As anthropologist Paul Friedrich puts it, the highest praise that one can give a man is that he is capable of doing harm but chooses not to. The funny part is <clears throat> I've got you know a group of friends that know me from my my high school days and from other parts of life that most of people here in Australia don't necessarily know. Only a few have seen that side of me. And it's funny because majority of the people have seen that side. And when they see me wearing suits and, you know, in my normal calm demeanor, you know, they always laugh and call me on my bush and say, I'm faking it, but I'm not. Because they're used, used to me unleashing hell on people. Right. But as a man, you should know when to unleash the hell and when to, to be calm. Gents of the my lady persuasion, however, get the equation backwards. They try to be a gentleman before becoming a man. Without the structure of the hard tactical virtues of manliness behind them, the gentle virtues shapelessly droop and sag and fail to engender the same kind of respect. This is mainly because the exercise of the gentle virtues in such men requires little to no constraint or will. If an inherently mild-mannered man demonstrates mildness, it is not an act of self-mastery, but following the path of least resistance. As the 17th century writer and philosopher, Francois de la, I'm not even going to say his last name, put it, you know, he said, nobody deserves to be praised for goodness unless he is strong enough to be bad. For any other goodness is usually merely inertia or lack of willpower. BU Suits is a market-defining brand showing strong international growth. We are pioneers at everything we do, and we work hard to keep it that way. Our pioneering spirit generates a contagious energy, which is what enables us to keep putting new ideas into practice. Our strength lies in our formula, straight to the point and still personal, fast and effective. Combining craftsmanship with flair, there are few things that distract us. This approach enables us to create an environment in which our customers feel that we only have eyes for them. We are there for people who want to be seen, who want to be themselves. BU Suits. I'm going to repeat that. 
Nobody deserves to be praised for goodness unless he is strong enough to be bad. For any other goodness is usually merely inertia or lack of willpower. That is self-explanatory, mate. In, in Roman honor, Dr. Calling Button points out that in antiquity, a man who lived in involuntary poverty was not respected for his frugality. And the important man got no credit for continence. Rather, self-control was most to be praised where it was least expected. Cicero got this idea when he said, to the degree that moderation is more rare in kings, to that degree it is more to be lauded. In other words, it is most impressive for a man to demonstrate virtues that he will struggle to achieve and be sorely tested to violate. The problem that we have in today's world is we've got, what do you call, virtue signaling. I'm a gentleman, and sometimes I want to be seen as a good man, and as such, I do what a good man does. Right. So, for example, if I want to be seen as a gym junkie or, you know, the gym bros, you then go to the gym and spend three hours because that's the identity you want, right? You go to the gym and spend three hours in the gym, but you're not even doing anything. You're always on your phone listening to music. Essentially, you're in the gym wasting time. The person who actually deserves to be called a gym guy is the person who goes in there for 30 minutes and works out very well for those 30 to 45 minutes and gets out. But because you are signaling, you act you act out for the three hours, and then you post a caption on Instagram, right? If an awkward man who goes about his life very quietly and privately stays faithful to his wife for 50 years, we think it's nice and praiseworthy. But if, say, a prime minister who will have ample temptations to stray exhibits the same loyalty, we are quadruply impressed. In the first case, the man's goodness may have more to do with the lack of opportunity than active restraint. In the latter case, we see clear evidence of the demonstration of energy and will. Button brings this distinction home by having the reader imagine, you know, a person who is trying to sway off junk food and decides to test their will by passing by a vending machine without make, making a purchase. If this man feels the pull towards getting a candy bar, but doesn't act on it only because he doesn't have the money, this will not constitute an exercise of his will. And the man will, will thus, you know, will not feel empowered. Likewise, if he doesn't buy a candy bar simply because he doesn't know how to operate the machine, he will leave 
not with a feeling of increased energy, but with embarrassment and a feeling of inadequacy. To enhance his willpower, the man must approach the machine with both the necessary change and full knowledge of how to work the machine and to gain credit in his own eyes and in the eyes of others, he must have both the desire and the ability to transgress. The man who could effectively exercise his better and primal instincts but chooses not to is the one who wins our honor and respect. What am I saying? There is definitely nothing wrong with cultivating gentlemanly behaviors. I am obviously a huge advocate for it. And in many ways, learning how to tie a bow tie and mind your P's and Q's is an easier and more accessible place to start improving yourself than developing things like strength, courage, and mastery. But the real power behind manners and decorum lies in restraint. You have the ability, the raw thermos, and the desire to further your own interest to the greatest extent possible, but you intentionally decide to harness that energy in order to act civilly, do good, and respect the interest of others. You could bulldoze and manipulate your way through each day and all the way to the top, but you don't. In the absence of this power, of this demonstration of manly will, gentlemanliness often reads as merely the gilding of one's innate timidity. The lion who allows someone to pet him elicits respect. A house cat in a lion's costume only giggles. As Nietzsche puts it, I have often laughed at the weaklings who thought themselves good because they had no claws. Gentlemanliness without manliness fails to be empowering for its possessor as it robs him both of the self-respect developed by winning the struggle between desires and the honor of others who recognize the stakes of that contest. I do, however, disagree with the Duke on one thing, though. You don't have to prioritize manliness over gentlemanliness. It's quite possible to work on both at the same time opening doors for your ladies and your mind to masculine philosophy, practicing your table manners and your craft maha, lifting weights and the drown trodden. What am I saying? I'm saying be a gentleman and a scholar. Be an honorable beast, ruthless in nature, moral in thought, able to calm the storm or become it. My name is Shelton and I am your friend. Be good.